Hey everyone, it's another week of Find Your Film. This is for the week of Friday, March 11th, 2022. I am joined by my betters, Eric Holmes and Bruce Perky. Eric Holmes on our, for the video, he says, all my co-hosts hate me. That is a reference to a movie we actually are covering this week. It's not called All, all My Co-Hosts Hate Me. It is called All My Friends Hate Me. And yes, Eric Holmes, notice how Bruce did not chime in. Bruce, weren't you supposed to chime in? Bruce, you, you are called this week Vampire's Kiss because you are covering Vampire's Kiss with Eric Holmes. Do you and I hate Eric Holmes? Pointed question, Bruce. I, I didn't butt in because I'm respectful of my loving and loved co-host. So no, I did not cut in on him. Well, here's the thing. Eric and I, we don't... Eric's been telling me that Tenet is probably the best movie since Citizen Kane. Do you still really strongly love Eric just because of that assessment on Tenet? Well, I have a I have a penchant for abusive relationships, so, um, you know, it works perfectly for me. <laughs> Bruce, are you even that... Are you even that hot on Citizen Kane? <laughs> We're not yeah. starting off on a good foot, foot with this. No, are we going to do? Or are we going to take down Orson Welles, Eric Holmes? You ready for Charles Foster Kane, Orson Welles takedown mm-hmm. to start off this episode of Find Your Film? You want to? What do you want to say? Wait, I'm just saying we should like the best movies yeah. in Citizen Kane. Like Citizen Kane's great movie. Oh, good. And it good, it, good, it, it, it good. introduced a lot of stuff that's now standard in movies today. So I appreciate it for that. But when we say the best movie, we should say like. I don't know, like the the best movie since Rush, the good one, like from 1991. <laughs> <laughs> or the Lunana. best movie since The Godfather 3. <laughs> the best movie since Lu- See, Lunana, A Yak in the Classroom. How about that? Lunana, A Yak in the Classroom. Go. Yeah. How about even almost on the same level? How about a movie called The Long Walk? Is that, is that, uh, that's an epic level. And, you know, very quickly, The Long Walk is a movie we recently covered. I interviewed Maddie Doe for about uh, 30 some odd minutes and we're going was- to put it up. I'm yes, going to interrupt you right there. Oh, that was a yes. great interview. Oh my yes. gosh, she was so awesome. <laughs> Maddie Doe is not that awesome. I'm just a great uh, interviewer, right, Bruce? Well, is that well, my too? But oh, no, my no, God, no. I, I listened to that. I listened to that interview because uh, you you sent it to us. I listened to it. Yes, sir. and then I listened to it again. Oh, thank <laughs> you. I, I thank fucking you. love her. She is a Maddie Doe is amazing. She is a she is a director of the movie The Long Walk, and she and her husband they made the movie. He's the writer Christopher Larson. He is the writer behind The Long Walk. Bruce Berkey. You and Eric, and I loved it so much, but you and Eric went a step further. What did you guys do last week regarding the long walk, regarding mailing uh, and ordering? Both, yeah, we both ordered the, uh, well, pre-ordered. I guess it's not quite out until the end of the month, but we pre-ordered um, the long walk on Blu-ray from Vinegar Syndrome. Okay. Eric was the first one to do it, and Bruce followed suit. Eric, was this a no-brainer as far as the Vinegar Syndrome purchase? And I think, I have a feeling, Eric, as much as you, all, all of us gave it five stars, I have a feeling you ordered the Vinegar Syndrome expanded edition of the Long Walk because you wanted to learn about the Long Walk drink in Lao. Is that yeah. why? <laughs> Actually, that's exactly <laughs> it. Again, uh, to go back to the interview, that fantastic interview uh, done by a fantastic host such as yourself, Greg. Thank you. Thank um, you. Yeah, the, she started talking about the, yeah, I made a drink, and that's in the special features. I'm like, wait, there's a DVD of this already? Or Blu-ray or whatever? And so as soon as I got done listening to that, I'm like, well, going to VinegarSyndrome.com and ordering the long walk and sent. Oh, it's pre-order. That's fine. It'll get here when it gets here. It costs about around twenty seven ninety nine, maybe not including tax. So Eric coughed up some money. Bruce coughed up some money. We, I was actually uh, interrupting you, Bruce. You were going to say something. Oh, I was just thinking. Um, might have to ask her on Twitter because if we don't get it in time, I mean, I might need to know the recipe to that drink to drink it during the Oscars. That's what I want to do. <laughs> you want to drink mm. it during the <laughs> very good? Why? Oh, be, what are you saying? The Oscars it will, will drive one to drink. Is that the obvious joke, Bruce? Are you saying that, or do you think Oscars? You know, the Green Book. What's that? That's an on-target one. What, what, what do you think? Well, what? I just have to make sure I have something sublime to counteract the <laughs> the non-sublimeness of the episode. Well, but you know what? There's some great stuff to root for. I, I take it back. Yes. We got Pim Zams there. We got some good stuff on, on the Oscars to root for. They probably won't win, but we can root for them anyway. Yes, yes. We're, we're excited to see the Oscars. We're, we're even more excited to just, uh, we can talk about the long walk this entire episode, how brilliant it is. We can talk about Lunana Yak in the Classroom. We can talk about Beyond the Infinite uh, Two Minutes, 
Eric and Bruce, am I missing any, some other movies that we've recently covered that were just brilliant? Those are the three ones that really pop up in my head. Anything else that pops up in your head, Bruce or Eric, right, that we just the, adored? Who does Salon? I, I don't Eric. know that adored is the correct word for that, but it's certainly a good movie. Eric well, was so inspired by Huda Salon, he actually went to his local salon act and kidnapped someone and interrogated them for the span of several hours. So that was I interesting. Did, I kidnapped How did that go, myself. I knocked myself out and took <laughs> naked pictures of myself with myself. And I, I, I hope those pictures don't get out. Yes. If not, yeah. He, he, Eric might be a double agent. But that is a reference to Huda Salon. Very interesting thriller, political thriller, all kinds of thrillers. Hopefully, it's something that you guys will uh, going to watch. Bruce, again, I interrupted you. You wanted to say something. Oh, I just said Bell. And I also said to Eric, yes. um, just go ahead. I'll get my Venmo over to you, and I'll make sure those pictures don't get out. Oh, you can, you can release them. I don't care. I have oh, zero damn shame. Damn it. It's not worth <laughs> zero, anything. Zero shame for Eric Holmes. And I apologize again to Eric Holmes and Bruce Perky because while they spent 27 to $30 for the Long Walk Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray, the reason why I couldn't cough up $30, Bruce, is match game blank, is because of blank. Crypto? Yes, because of my addiction <laughs> of crypto. I use the $30 to buy some more Bitcoin. Sorry, Matty Doe. Sorry, Lau. And sorry, the brilliance of the long walk. One of these days, that $30 will come back and I won't spend it on crypto. Enough of the long walk. We are, let's, before we go to our featured films, let's promote something for our YouTube channel, Cinematics and Find Your Film. We're, we're doing video content on the YouTube channel. I'm going to see Anderson Cowan, our our buddy from Cinematics, and hopefully we might actually do some kind of video review when I'm over at Cold Cockle Productions. But before I actually even did that, Bruce and our buddy Pete Abeda, who drops a beat every week on this episode, and he's the head head chairman, the chairman for Middle Class Film Class. You had another yet another collaboration, Bruce Perky, with Pete Abeda. What is this? Uh, yeah, we did uh, the first Flash Pod. I hope to maybe do another one this week. So keep your eyes peeled because it's a it's a time sensitive call out when that happens. But uh, yeah, like I talked about last week, we ended up doing a Flash Pod, which is like about a fifteen to twenty minute mini podcast on including spoilers on a movie that is of interest to the person who is calling to talk with me. And in this case, uh, Peter Beta was doing his. I forgot what he called it. His like a uh, <laughs> what do you call it his. Misery, yeah, depressed fest. Yeah, you're right. He was watching all these really depressing, like uh, misery-inducing movies, and uh, the one he chose to talk with me about uh, was Martyrs. So we talked about Martyrs for like 15 minutes. Yes, and you guys did talk about spoilers, and I, I listened to the whole spoiler review of Martyrs. Very good job, Eric Holmes. Are you a fan of Martyrs as well? Yes, it's a it's a very very bloody, and it kind of kind of has a little bit more to say than movies of that kind that type do so i appreciate it for that but also if you just want to watch a bunch of haggard ass bloody shit flying around it, it's tough to watch <laughs> it's tough to, that. how many times you've seen it more than once have you only seen it once because it is I like thought, you said tough oh yeah i saw like probably three or four times back when back when it came out on dvd um there was like the whole french newer wave i guess I, I don't know what they would call it and actually we'll be talking about one of those today uh with inside oh so. Okay. All right. Yeah. Before we get to our three main f- features, the word torture porn. Bruce, is that a pejorative? Is that a genre? Do you and Eric like the genre? Are there some excellent m- movies to be had within that genre? Well, yeah. I mean, it's like anything. It's like saying slasher movie. Like when you might think of a particular, like you might think of Friday the 13th or whatever. But within that genre, there are some interesting things that are still considered one of those. Um, and if any movie could be considered torture porn, I mean, I guess you could call martyrs uh, has sections that are literally a torture to a person. So yes, but it also rises above and has something to say and is actually about something. Whereas something like hostile, which kind of, I think hostile kind of gave it that, uh, reputation as being more of a less, uh, less, meaningful version of that i guess okay yes I'm not, fa- I'm not a fan of the term torture porn yes. because i think it's dismissive right Very good. but it's in the lexicon now which is why i'm trying to bring indie porn to the lexicon okay because you know what so- if we're gonna shit on horror movies guess what indie movies are not safe either 
you what? fucking uptight bastard. Right, and, and you know, in fairness, Maddie Maddie Doe, in I, I've listened to some of her for some of her previous podcast interviews, and she didn't mention the word indie porn, but she would also mention it how some indie films they like to portray like the noble savage in in certain indie films, and you know, there's there's a way to actually. So I, Sometimes I, I might like some of those kind of movies, but you know, you watch something like The Long Walk, which is very authentic and organic, and you realize, like Eric says, there are movies that are indie porn, which are trying to tug at your heartstrings and say, watch me, watch me, look how cool I can make these shots for a minimal budget. And uh, I don't know, we, maybe I think Eric Eric Holmes will be our watchdog moving forward on indie films that we covered, which might actually fall into that category, because I may have a weak spot for it, but Eric Holmes, hopefully he'll be more of a bigger watchdog on indie porn. Are you a watchdog on indie porn? Bruce, no. can you can you sniff it out as well as Eric Holmes can? No, no, I can't. My, my sniffer's kind of broken. I'm, I'm too old. <laughs> well, okay. Eric is the young one, so he, I'm too old as well. So I'm going to pull, pull the old card, and Eric Holmes will be our indie porn Watchdog. Speaking of watchdogs, there's a lot of watching in this movie called Gold, which stars Zac Efron. I'm supposed to meet a man here to take me to the compound. Came from the West, right? It was getting pretty bad out that way now. Folks turning on each other. So why the compound? Seems a strange place to be heading. Once in a lifetime opportunity. What is it? Come here! Look at this! That's gold. We just found a pile of gold! <laughs> One of us will have to get in the excavator to get it out. I think I'll stay with the gold. You gotta watch your water. You stay out of the sun. Ain't no joke out here. How much longer? Going as fast as I can. So you're here on your own? You need to leave. Out here, things start to get real strange. Strange. Who is she? Where are you? Has she seen the gold? I think they're hiding something. Gotta get rid of her! (laughs) Where are you? I'm close! I did my part. I found it! (laughs) It's mine! (laughs) I can handle it. You might know Zac Efron from those high school musical films. You might know him. We mentioned Citizen Kane earlier in this podcast. You might know him from that Richard Linklater film, Me and Orson Welles. You might know him from The Paperboy. Bunch of different movies. He was he starred in that movie, that Netflix movie, playing Ted Bundy. He, he knows how to stretch himself as an actor. I haven't seen Baywatch. I haven't seen the cinema version of The Rock and Zac Efron and Baywatch. So he has a diverse mix of, uh, of movies. This movie, Gold, is sort of a tour de force Almost a one-man show. It's basically him in the middle of some kind of desert, maybe the Australian desert. And I don't even know that they say it's Australia. It's out in the wasteland. He finds a nugget, a gold nugget, which actually, when you dig it up, there's a lot more gold there. He is, he is, uh, he's set to be rich. The thing is, they need to excavate the gold. And he actually sends the person who was actually going to take him to a mining camp. You know, they discovered it together. He tells the guy, you know what? You got to go. Go get an exca- go get an excavation truck. I'll wait here with the gold because Zac Efron's character is greedy. He wants to stay with the gold. He wants to make sure that no one takes the gold away from him. That is the premise of this movie. Very interesting, beautifully shot film. But it is the barrier to entry is it is like I'm thinking movies like Buried. It's like a, almost a one person show. There are other people, other actors involved. Towards by the way, we will be talking about gold spoilers on our YouTube channel as well. I'm I'm very intrigued for us to get into that. But first, let's start with Eric Holmes. Gold headlined by Zac Efron, almost a one man show, except with a, a couple of other actors involved. Did the movie intrigue you? Did it pay off? Yes. Um, well, first of all, um, calling it a gold nugget. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, it's a See, big thing. My it, bad. It's like a gold boulder, pretty much. Yes, um, my fault. That thing's yes. freaking huge. But uh, yeah, this is, this is um, basically like 127 hours set in Mad Max time. You know, uh, uh, um, you know, it's it's basically the Zac Efron show, and he's pretty good in this. I, I wouldn't say like Oscar worthy or anything, but you know, it's uh, you know, you know, screw that. What is Oscar worthy? 
right. Zach Efron worthy, I think. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it was, it was like a very lean, um, you know, not much to it. Uh, much like 127 hours. It's just Zach Efron waiting by that giant gold boulder, waiting for his buddy to come back. And then uh, it's it's like a survival, like a survival movie because he's out in the middle of the desert with nothing there, and he's got to kind of you know figure out how to survive because his buddy's taking too damn long. I don't know how much time it was. Uh, it felt like almost like a week, maybe two weeks. It felt it felt like a long time, but not the movie, but like that how long he was waiting there. Yeah, that I like this. It, it was just kind of like a trying to think of a good example. It's just one of those movies. It's like it, it's this is the setup, and this is what the movie is, and we're just going to get in and out until that story and be done with it. And I kind of appreciate movies that do that. And then you know, it didn't need to take three and a half hours to uh, <laughs> linger in on uh, on his. Uh, on his uh mental faculties leaving like mine are now <laughs> but yeah overall is, I, I think this is a pretty good movie it's also a movie that you'll know pretty quickly whether this is a movie for you like you know because if you're like uh say 15 20 minutes into the movie well first of all you're halfway done so might as well watch the rest of it but you know it, it's one of those movies that once you start it you'll know whether you're on board or not yeah, there's some there's some good. Uh, I don't want to call them action pieces, but there there's some good set pieces, I guess. Um, and yeah, overall, I dig this one. Lean, mean, in and out. Yeah, lean, mean, in and out. Anthony Hayes. We I forgot to credit Anthony Hayes. He plays Man too. He's the person who's who's tasked with actually getting an excavation truck or whatever whatever that vehicle is to get the gold out. He is the second main person in this. The reason why I'm mentioning Anthony Hayes is he's also the director and co-writer of Gold. The movie also has a couple of scenes of sandstorms. And I was looking on IMDb, and some of those I think were actually real sandstorms. This movie is not on in on digital or on demand. This Friday, it will be in theaters. Bruce, I mean, I, the sandstorms are probably a really cool reason to watch this movie on the big screen. How did this movie check in with you? Oh, very similar to what Eric says. And also, I, I would highlight that hand, the sandstorm. I read that trivia, too, where I think they were thinking about doing it digitally, and they were having issues with some sandstorms, and they just strapped a camera to the guy and had him walk into the sandstorm, which doesn't sound like a great way to keep care of your cameras but oh well either way or actors uh, or, or yeah, <laughs> yeah, or actors. yeah. <laughs> you know come see come saw you can lose you Al, alec baldwin um, must have been directing this one. Oh, sorry. I, I, oh boy wow oh, okay yeah, was zing but eric can mention mad max and i kind of thought when i was watching this i thought like if you're watching a mad max movie and as mad max and the whole convoy of crazy people are, are speeding through the desert if you just like veered off to the left and instead of watching them just went to this little teeny corner of the desert, this could be happening there, you know? And I, I also admired its very pure kind of bleak spirit that it had. It was very un uncompromising as well. I, I agree with that as well. Um, and all of that I thought was really good. Uh, I also thought of things, movies like, um, he said 128 days later, I thought of things like, uh, what was that? Arctic? Was it Arctic? That was yeah, Arctic. Uh, yeah. Arctic, yeah, Matt yes. Mickelson. This is like kind of like the uh, the temperature reverse of that in a way. Uh, I thought that kind of had a feel of that too. Uh, so overall, I really admire uh, quite a bit of this. I don't think there's – it doesn't kind of go to that next level for me. It's just good at what it does and it stays in its lane, uh, but it doesn't kind of elevate to the next level for me. I agree with you. It doesn't elevate to the next level, but right where it's at for me, which is a 3.5 mm -hmm. rating, three and a half stars, does it – does three and a half stars really, really well because like Eric says, lean, mean, machine, lean, mean movie, and it absolutely works. They could have, we're going to talk about the spoilers in, in our, in our uh, video coming up. They, they could have done something to make it more grand, but the director, Anthony Hayes, didn't. And I just really appreciated how this movie turned out. So three and a half stars for me is a strong rating. Bruce, what do you give this? Uh, same three and a half, but it's a strong three and a half. Right, yeah. You and I are, are lockstep we're, with it. Yeah, we're right in line on this one. Exactly. We're definitely right in line with this. Eric, where do you go on this? Eric, yeah, are you? Yeah, you're joking. Or do you? Is your uh, audio on? Yeah. Check one two. Check one yeah, two. Yeah, you got. It. You got. You got. It. I, yeah, okay. <laughs> and we're back. Okay. Yeah, you're back. Yeah. All right. In, anywho, I would do. Uh, I would do four stars on this one. It, it's just like like you said. It's it's the perfect version of this movie. And you mentioned like how like they they could do more. I think that would hurt this movie. 
you yeah. know, like uh, like the the headhunter or uh, their man now stem ice. It's like it's just what it is, and then you could try to add more shit on top of it, but then it would just be cool. It's a cool movie with more shit on it. <laughs> they just said fuck all the shit. We'll take all that off, and you know, take off all the fat, and it's just what it is. So I appreciate it for that. Okay, three and a half stars for me. Three and a half oh, stars for Bruce. And one last thing. Four for Eric. Uh, yes, sir. Do not uh, if you're watching this movie. This is a. Uh, but this is a good how not to for survivalists. This is just basically a series of uh, bad choices, but I guess we can talk more about that in spoilers. Yes, we'll talk about that more in spoilers. By the way, let's let, there's a little nice nod to no. I'm gonna I'm not gonna say. Well, it's kind of a nice nod to Castaway. Instead of Wilson the volleyball, we have a nice little scorpion for a couple of minutes in gold. I, I'm not saying that the the director said that, but it, it reminded me a little bit of Castaway and it's in it for a few moments. But like Eric said, it's not slathered with all this extra gunk on it, which is a reason why all of us really, you know, pretty much recommended a little bit of an upscale on Eric Holmes. That is Gold, headlined by Zac Efron, co-starring Anthony Hayes, who also co-wrote and directed this really interesting movie out in theaters March 11th. Next up is Ultrasound. It's out in theaters Friday, and it's on demand as well. There should be a plot summary regarding Ultrasound. Let's just say there's three different revolving stories, one in a sort of a science facility. There's a woman who is... Uh, she's a mistress of a politician. And then there's another guy. His name is Glenn, played by Mad Men's Vincent Carthizer. He, I think his car breaks down one night. This is where the movie starts. His car breaks down one night and he goes into this the, I, this domicile, this residence featuring a middle-aged man and a beautiful young woman. They're, they're a married couple. And for some reason, the middle-aged man once is, is open with, with this, uh, this guy, Glenn, hooking up with his wife, which is weird. The movie starts off in the weird, and you're going, what is this? This is some kind of weird noir-y movie, noirish movie. And then it turns its head and becomes something else. And then it turns its head and becomes something else. And then there's some Brian Eno frequency soundbite, weird mind manipulation thing. And then there, it might be a political conspiracy. There's just... This movie is very confusing, and for some reason, I was on that confusing wavelength with ultrasound barrier of entry with this. This is a movie that couldn't that might infuriate or frustrate some viewers, but I just loved I, I just love the crazy behind ultrasound, wondering if Bruce Perky was on board with the crazy behind this movie or was it was am i saying am i overselling its craziness is there some kind of sanity behind it um i was eventually on board with the craziness but yeah i was worried for a probably i don't know a good chunk of this movie uh this is one of those movies we've talked about this a lot lately where a movie will kind of go along and go along and go along and you're like okay this better pay off if it doesn't pay off i'm going to be really frustrated with it i think we recently talked about it with uh, a banquet how it just kept being moody and mysterious but the mystery never kind of went anywhere for us we did when we didn't end up really liking that movie very much if i remember correctly i think we all all were very similar i thought this one it ties everything together and i think it ties it together in a fairly uh satisfying way and i i liked it uh, maybe not as strong as you did, but I feel like this is one of those that if you kind of like it, a rewatch will probably make you like it more because there's a lot of stuff going on in the first half that you're just like, I kind of know what's going on, but I'm really kind of confused and I don't know who that person is. Wait a second. Why does that person look different now all of a sudden? You know, there's a lot of, and I'm not going to give spoilers, obviously, but there's a lot of things where you're like, are they just being trippy to be trippy? Like what is going on here? Uh, and then they kind of make it all make sense. And when it does, you're like, wow, this movie is actually a lot more clever and a lot more intricate and interesting than I expected it to be. And it actually does quite a bit. And it's it's saying something. Uh, it also is a bit of a thriller. It's a bit of a, I don't want to describe some of the things it is. I would say this is one of those things that could almost live in a Cronenbergy universe in some ways, because you've got, let's just say you've got weird sorts of experiments going on. I'll leave it as vague as that. I don't want to give people an idea of what. The Manchurian Candidate? Sure. Manchurian Candidate. There's some other things I could mention too that I think would be a little too spoilery. But I think this is also a movie that's of its time and I think might age really well because it's on its own merit. It's it's a pretty interesting little kind of a twisty movie, but it also could be seen as very parallel to things going on in the world as well, which I think just gives it an added bonus. So 
there is a NFW moment in ultrasound. <laughs> I think that Bruce is mentioning. I think one of the things is if you can actually sort of swim your way through the heart, the waters of confusion and you get to that moment, there's a good chance it can hit you. I, I believe it hit Bruce and it hit me as well. Ultrasound, how did it hit, hit you, Eric? Did you, are you, were you just perplexed and you said, oh, I give up on this? How'd you feel? No, not quite. This did this did a couple things. Uh, there was there's another movie that we're gonna uh, cover later on, and it has elements of that uh, with the, like the gaslighting in the maybe they're gaslighting, maybe they're telling the truth. Just the the nature of what the story is, you can never tell. But it it also it kind of reminded me of old. Uh, okay, no, I don't know what to, not the not the movie, but the the end of old. Um, oh, okay, I haven't seen the, old yet. Because like okay. the the end of old, I, I I don't know if we covered it on here. I don't think we have, but the, the, the very end of old, it, uh, it uses that it has the cool idea, but it uses it as a twist, which works. This kind of takes a similar idea. And instead of using it as a twist, it really gets into what that means. I don't know how much more I can say without giving away both movies. So I won't, but, uh, that this, uh, kind of like how the, and we'll talk about the, uh, all my friends hate me later on, but like the, like this has a gaslight stuff, but it didn't really, it just kind of nipped at it. Didn't really like grab onto it. Like all my friends hate me did, but this one, much like how old doesn't really dive into that thing. If that's the twist, this one does that. So like all, all three of these movies are kind of the same to me. And I kind of want to review all three of them at the same time. Cause they're kind of <laughs> connected. Yeah. This, this started off kind of weird, like in a good way. I'm like, I, this is, I've seen the scene before. But this seems off. Like I'm, I'm interested. <clears throat> and then it goes on, and it just keeps going in really cool directions. And I dug it. Oh, very, very cool. I, I'm so, I am so surprised that both of you guys really enjoyed it. I ended up enjoying it as well. But Eric, were you like me and Bruce? Some, there were parts of this narrative where you were just a little bit frustrated with it, or were you just the fact that it was so surreal? You were just on board, and you were just, you just rode that wave. I, I just kind of rode the wave because I mean, it, it started off like that, so you know, I just kind of went with it. Oh, and also, 15 minute cold open. So. <laughs> <laughs> yet another movie yeah. to add to the uh, strange uh, trends yeah this is ultrasound confusing movie but in a good way i guess pretty much it, it's it, the sounds very good too it's it has some really good sound ultrasound for me is a four star th- four star rating for me bruce how about you what you what do you give it i give it three and a half stars but okay. it, uh, this like i said with a rewatch i could easily see this going up to four to four and a half because i think it has a lot of rewatchability and mr holmes what do you give ultrasound yeah, I probably go three and a half on this one too. But 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 like you said with the gold, this is like a really strong three and a half. But also, like you alluded to, there's going to be some people that watch this and go, "What the hell is this bullshit?" So, um, I I think it's a great movie. But yeah, they, it, I I don't think this is going to be for everyone for sure. Would Would you agree? Yeah. This is this is a movie that in some this is kind of bad to say this because it might steer people wrong, but I don't think it does. It this is kind of nerdy in the best way. Do you know what I mean? Like it, 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 it really follows through with its premise in, and it really, you know what I'm saying? Like it really gets yeah. into its own details and it really creates its own little world. Yeah. Actually that yeah. there, there's one part in particular that I was kind of worried about uh, when they started doing like the sciencey stuff, I guess. Yeah. Um, right. And they started yeah. talking. I'm like, Oh God, this is about to piss me off. And then it's like, didn't. yeah, it was like, no, okay. I guess that's fair. <laughs> I thought, I thought they were going to get a little too, uh, uh, hippy dippy with the crystals and the you know nope they didn't go there and i'm happy for it okay so that is ultrasound in theaters and on demand solid reviews from all of us and bruce is correct this is one movie i saw about a week ish ago and it's a film that I, I can't wait to see again because i hopefully we can unlock some of these puzzles as well that is again that it's ultrasound a very interesting movie but like eric says there is a little bit of a barrier to entry there will be some people who might be frustrated with the overall narrative behind ultrasound but again there is a shocking moment that i think is really worth it i went i remember when that sequence happened i said no no oh my goodness what just happened so that i mean that's a rare thing that's a rare thing we see a lot of movies and those bruce do you agree that those kind of shocking moments where we're all we're pretty much conditioned to them but, but it's nice when we actually get yes and when they actually can follow through with the shock and not make it just cheap you know what i mean like when it actually has some meat to go with it it can actually 
He can give you the meat. <laughs> Bruce loves it when people, when cinema gives him the meat. Okay, that is very good. No, I, I understand what you're saying, Bruce. Very, very astute. Now, our final featured review this week, our big featured review, is a movie called All My Friends Hate Me. And simply put, it's in theaters March 11th, digital on March 25th. Centers on this guy who's really nice dude. He's a uh, he works with refugees. He's a, he has a really nice girlfriend. He's thinking of getting engaged with her. And lo and behold, after maybe ten to twelve years apart, his buddies call him to say, "Hey, you know what? You've been away from all your buddies for all this over a decade now. Why don't you come and join us and for the weekend to celebrate your birthday?" And he decides to actually do that. The problem is he hasn't seen his friends in a while. So he's not the college kid as he was before. He's now sort of a pretty much an adult. He's a little bit more mature and he's wondering maybe his friends are a little less immature than he is. Okay. So that is the premise behind all my friends hate me because once this main guy comes in and tries to celebrate with his old buddies, he starts to realize that maybe some of his friends, like Eric is saying, might be kind of, might be trying to gaslight him. The main character is, his name is Pete. He's played by Tom Sturton. Tom Sturton's very good as Pete, as the seemingly really nice, innocent guy in, in this whole mess. And for some reason, during this weekend, everything is very uncomfortable. This movie itself, as a narrative, is uncomfortable to watch because you see him from his POV being put in what he believes are very uncomfortable situations. That is all my friends hate me. Eric Holmes, did you hate this movie? Um, this is kind of similar to uh, Ultraviolet, where Ultraviolet's a movie that I appreciated and it worked for me, um, but I could see where it would kind of bug other people or maybe frustrate them. This is the exact opposite of this. This is a movie I appreciate. I, I appreciate what they're doing, but it didn't like the, the comedy didn't quite land with me. Um, kind of like a, a, I don't want to call this a Wes Anderson movie, but cause it's not like a Wes Anderson movie at all, but it's similar in that I don't really, I don't really grasp onto uh, Wes Anderson's aesthetic or his humor, uh, much like I didn't really grasp onto this. I think there's people that will though. And I think there's people that's going to like what this movie's doing a lot. One, one of the things I do appreciate is it takes a, a comedic premise. You have a, you have a, uh, you know, the main guy and everyone, you know, he's, um, it, it's similar to, uh, Kirby enthusiasm. Larry David's always doing shit and, uh, people are always, uh, you know, granted Larry David's more of an asshole, but you know, he'll do something pretty innocuous and everyone will think he's the worst person in the world and he just gets shit on for the rest of that uh rest of the episode and this is kind of the same thing like he just does something pretty innocuous and everyone like just thinks he's the worst person in the world hence the title all my friends hate me oh that i did this stupid thing but this doesn't it kind of plays it for laughs sometimes but it it kind of uh kind of like when you watch americans funniest home videos it's like if they play wonk wonk music over the top, it's a comedy. But if they play doo 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 music over the top, all of a sudden it becomes that same thing becomes a horror. Good point. Um, yeah. I think I think with the uh, constant gaslighting, it becomes um, and you're following this character, it becomes a horror almost because I I don't I don't understand what I'm doing wrong. Like I I'm just living my life, and all of a sudden my friends are turning on me. I don't understand what's going on. And every time he turns to someone that he thinks he can. Uh, uh, confide in and trust, then they turn on them. So I, I appreciate it on that level. And it just kind of builds up to a punchline, which is the last, the last line of the, yeah, the, this is, this is a movie that people are going to like a lot more than me. And I, I still appreciated it. And I like bits of it, but it didn't quite work. Not, not for me anyway. Cool. Bruce, your thoughts on all my friends hate me. Yeah. This movie didn't really work for me either it probably worked for me even less than it did for eric i'm guessing i i this is one of those movies where i kind of didn't get the point like like kind of like i didn't see it as a comedy per se so i looked at it and said well okay if everyone's gaslighting this guy and i'm not going to say how it turns out but if everyone's gaslighting this guy then they're all assholes and i don't like them and I'm not interested in what they're doing and what they're doing isn't really entertaining to me. That's the most important part. I'm not really entertained by it either. So then that would make them all assholes and him just kind of uh, in a terrible position where he's getting abused in a lot of ways. Or if they're right about him and he's delusional, well, they're still all assholes and he's an asshole too then. And then I don't care about any of them at that point. Uh, so either, and then this also, 
at the bottom line is this feels to me, and I don't know this to be true, but this just feels in my bones like a filmmaker and or writer that doesn't like their own character. Like I don't feel, you know how you have like unsympathetic characters? There has to be this weird, um, you have to somehow feel like they like them or they're at least intrigued by them or there's something that's supposed to, to attach you to them. I don't feel attached to these people at all. So I basically just sat in this world with them for however long it was, 80 minutes, 85 minutes. And then I got to the end of it and I was like, okay, what was I supposed to get from that? I wasn't, it wasn't funny. It wasn't entertaining and it wasn't striking in any way. So I found it to be kind of a, a dud. These are very good points you raised, Bruce, regarding the unlikable nature of all of these characters. Pretty much most of them, if you peel a b- bunch of layers, maybe, maybe you have to peel a whole bunch of layers before any of them become kind of even likable, even and maybe once you get down to the the nitty gritty of it, maybe they're not likable whatsoever. Well, I mean, that's certainly the case. The main character, he's not really likable, but you kind of feel sorry for him just because of what he's going through. Oh, and one thing uh, that we uh, that I mentioned with the ultrasound is that ultrasound kind of deals a little bit with gaslighting. I think this one takes uh, gaslighting and just really leans in on the premise and like the different aspects of gaslighting. I guess uh, possibly a value added thing with this movie is that you know they kind of come at them from all different you know the gaslight from all different directions in different ways um perhaps this could be a movie that you watch where you watch it and go oh yeah someone's been doing that to me i should probably keep my radar up about something like that um that's interesting i I don't know that you need to see a hour and a half movie to get that but i mean that's that it seemed like they really leaned in on the uh theme of gaslighting with this whereas with the ultrasound it was one of many different themes and ideas they had and the, this one just almost straight up focus on just that the good points oh yes bruce yes sir the one big problem i have with that is that to do something about gaslighting you have to believe that the people who are they're doing the gaslighting yeah. are wrong mm-hmm. or are pretending to say something they that isn't true and we don't have a baseline in this movie to know that that's the case that's the problem. Yeah. Like, we don't know that our main character isn't what they say he is. So it may be gaslighting and it may not be. So that's the biggest problem I had with this movie. Actually, it, there's another there's another concept of this that I just kind of thought now. But, uh, you know, friends talk shit on each other a lot. And mm-hmm. so, like, where, where's the line there? Where's the yeah. line where you're just talking shit with your friends? Uh, we're just, you know, we're just giving them shit. But then where's the line where you cross a line? It, I, I think that I think a lot of people understand where that line is. It uh, depends right. on how well you know the person. True. Um, and so, yeah, there, there's a there's a little commentary on that as well. I'm actually talking myself into this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, all my friends hate me, like Bruce says, a lot of unlikable characters. I'm pretty much bored. No, I am sociopathic. I loved every single second of all my friends hate me. I love the fact that it was absolutely uncomfortable. It's skin crawling. There are some really cool reveals in this movie. I, I did not see this as a comedy. This is more of a a drama, a, a, a sort of a thriller of <laughs> just social social thriller in, in many ways. And like Eric was saying, it gets dark. It depends on what kind of music you're playing. Is it a tragedy or a comedy? I was playing in my head some really menacing music while I was watching All My Friends Hate Me. So I, I looked at it from that POV, just really loved everything about this movie. Written written by Tom Palmer and the aforementioned Tom Stort, Storton. Storton, they are the co-writers of all My Friends Hate Me, and again, Tom Certain is the lead in this movie. Really interesting film, but to Bruce's case, to Bruce and Eric's point, there are, there will be some people who will say, why Why am I watching All My Friends Hate Me? What's what's the thing? There's going to be a divisive uh, sense of, uh, divisive reactions on this movie. I ended up really, really loving it. I give it four stars. Bruce, what do you give it? Uh, two. Two stars for Bruce Perky and Eric, what do you give it? I think I have to go three and a half. But same, same with, uh, you know, just because it's the antithesis of, uh, of, uh, ultrasound but actually i think if we talked about this for an hour longer this might bump up to a four star <laughs> but the thing is i don't really want to watch it again though that that's that's, that's fine. the thing but it's fine. I, I, yeah. I i really do appreciate this movie it, it's i don't want to some... see groupers again i gave it four stars oh stop it <laughs> <laughs> anderson if you're listening to this i hate you buddy see that's that's about that talk uh, about, this, this love, is, uh, love anderson <laughs> yeah I, I, I think three and a half uh is good and i think that uh I think this is a movie people should check out because I think there might be some people that really, really latch onto this movie. And then there's other people that won't. 
you know, so I love seeing Eric Holmes. I love seeing uh, Eric Holmes's transformation of opinion regarding all my friends hate me as the review progressed <laughs> in succession. Well, I feel like Bruce I'm is- being gaslit into giving that four and a half star. <laughs> sorry, sorry for that, <laughs> Eric Holmes. Bruce, before we before we leave with some recommendations, all my friends hate me again in theaters March 11th, digital March 25th. Please echo the sentiments that there will be some people who will not be on board like you, right? There's going to be it's it's going to be one of these kind of movies. Yeah, I mean, and we mentioned that some people could see it as a comedy and some people could not. And just like a comedy, if it's not your flavor, it's not going to be for you probably. Because I, I would say, what this is one of those, we talk about how long to go into it, probably 15 or 20 minutes. If it's not for you, it's probably not going to change for you on this yes. one. Yes. The, you know, Eric, this reminds me of our review of Werewolves Within. You and I ended up really enjoying the movie and then Bruce was on, was on that Werewolves Within island. But I see exactly what Bruce is saying regarding all my friends hate me. And I love how, how we can have so, such diverse opinions regarding cinema. Yes, but this but is, mine is the correct one. Listen, Eric Holmes is the correct one. You know, I, Eric, Bruce, can I'll tell you one thing before we get to recommendations. Just remember something, Bruce. You and I are always wrong. How did I realize this? I was at my niece Claire's softball game over Saturday and my lovely, wonderful sister and her lovely brother-in-law, I'm sitting down. I'm just trying to enjoy Claire's at bat. And you know what they just said to me? Greg, you know, we, you know what we did on our, our day off at night while Claire was with you and, and in your house? I go, what? Oh, we saw a really good movie. I go, what? And they, and they said, oh, we really enjoyed Don't Look Up. It was so funny, so good. And I just want to enjoy, I just want to enjoy my day. I just want to enjoy my day with Claire, the person I love the most. I pick favorites, by the way, and people who I love. She's my favorite. And they, they had to throw Don't Look Up. So, Bruce, what do you say to that? Uh, do you feel like you and I are wrong regarding Don't Look Up? Oscar-nominated film? I'm huh? pretty sure that their lighting is run on gas. I'm pretty sure that that's the case, so... <laughs> Very good. Eric Holmes, do you feel that you're getting sweet revenge? The fact that Don't Look Up is beloved by, I think, a little bit more people than than me and Bruce's camp. Well, I, I've expected this because, as you know, I'm currently broke because I've been paying everyone to gaslight the two of you about Don't Look Up. <laughs> you know, Bruce, we're going to have some, so many people come up to us and say, but you're gonna, it's gonna, karma's going to come back to you, Bruce. I'm sure people have come up to you and say, hey, hey Bruce, have you seen Don't Look Up? It's really good. Well, I'm just wondering who's paying all the people to say the Batman's good. That that must be happening too. <laughs> That's not me. That's not me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moving on as Eric Holmes and, and Bruce Berkey try to take down the giant titans of our, our uh, of our media, whether it be Warner Brothers or Disney. Uh, I'm with them. I'm with them on on uh, up to a point. I'm to a point. Anyways, what are our recommendations? I think Bruce and there's a Bruce and Eric Holmes team up. What what did you guys see and what's the, what's the movie? our listeners should watch this week? Oh, uh, well, I think we mentioned it briefly earlier on. Uh, Shudder has released a ton of the kind of classic French extremity movies. Uh, that would include things like Irreversible and Martyrs, which we talked about earlier. But I caught up finally on a movie that I'd heard about forever called Inside. And I know Eric has seen it. And I think Eric rewatched it uh, from 2007, directed by Alexandra Bastillo and Julien Mori. Uh, they recently just did a movie called the Deep House, which is a haunted house movie underwater, which is not great. But this movie is pretty interesting. Now, Eric might want to help me with this too, because there's only so much you want to give away in this movie. Let's just say it starts uh, with a car crash, and then it quickly veers to a main character named Sarah, and she's pregnant. I thought you were talking about the other main character that they Mm -hmm. cut to once in a while. (laughs) No. There's a main character named Sarah, and she is... Uh, like a day away from having her baby. Like she's, they say, hey, if you don't go into labor by tonight, tomorrow morning, we're going to induce you. Go home, rest, have a good night. She goes home, she gets settled in. She's all alone there. Uh, her husband has died recently. So she's kind of all on her own. Husband or boyfriend, well, I'm not sure which it was. And uh, someone knocks at the door in the nighttime. Uh, it's a woman's voice on the other side of the door. Hey, uh, you know, uh, there's a, I had a problem in my car. I just need to use your phone. Uh, well, no, I, I don't really want to let you in. And the lady on the other side of the door says, no, no, come on, let me in. And the, the, our main woman, Sarah, inside is like, no, 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 my, uh, my husband's upstairs and sleeping. I don't want to bother him. And then the woman on the other side of the door says, no, he isn't. Your husband's dead. Let me in. And so it begins. <laughs> that is horrific. That is interesting. 
Uh, and I'm not going to go into the twist of this movie. Uh, in some points, this is just an over-the-top slasher. And in some points, this is like a lot of French extremity movies. Uh, it goes into highly disturbing territory. And I would say this is probably one of the bloodiest movies I've ever seen in my life, to the point where blood is pouring down walls and stairwells. And it's it's quite something in a good way not, or a bad way well, for, for me for me for me in a good way um but this is definitely <laughs> i'm trying to warn people <laughs> if you're not <laughs> if you don't like extreme or you can't hang with extreme horror this might start as oh this is going to be just kind of a thrilling slasher ride and i kind of know what those are like no no you don't this isn't going to be your friday the 13th this is going to be friday the 13th on mega steroids so just be warned. And I just want to mention the other woman, played by Beatrice Dahl or Dalle. She's very well known in, in French cinema. She is amazing as the antagonist. She's really good. Okay. So the barrier to entry is all that blood and violence. But if you can sort of surpass that, you're gonna you're in for a treat, Bruce. <laughs> I don't know if you can ever call this a treat. <laughs> <laughs> Did I also mention that French extremity movies tend to be very bleak? So <laughs> But in the world of French extremity movies, okay, this is going to be a very giant caveat, giantest caveat I can give. In the world of French extremity movies, this is a crowd pleaser. (laughs) Put it that way. Wow. Do you agree with Bruce's assessment, Eric? This is certainly not indie porn. Um, (laughs) This is, uh, well, it's the thing, like the thing difference between like this and something like Martyrs is I think at the end, Martyrs has uh, something it's trying to say. You know, it's, it's got it, it's more than just the 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 blood and the slasher and the scares and all that. This one's, I mean, it's I guess it kind of tangentially has something to do about motherhood, kind of like how Wet Hot American Summer it uses a summer camp is like the thinnest storyline just so it can hang a bunch of jokes on it, which is great because Wet Hot American Summer is awesome. It's hilarious. Um, this is has just like the thinnest. The thinnest of all plots, just to hang a bunch of uh, really cool scenes, uh, really cool gore scenes. And it is, uh, yeah, it, it, you got to know what you're getting into and the people that do like this sort of thing. I'm one of them. And the people that like don't like, oh, that's too bloody. Stay far, 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 far away from this. <laughs> Actually, most French extremity movies for that matter. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you're a fan of the genre, Eric. Yeah. Okay, cool. And you've seen it more than once. You said, Bruce said you saw it twice. Yeah, so I saw it uh, back when it came out on DVD. It was like a inside, it was like DVD extreme or whatever on the on the side of it. And I watched it and I was like, oh, that's a thing that happened. <laughs> <laughs> that's a thing that happened. What would you give this movie? With, what would you give inside? What's your rating for it, Eric? Um, I mean, we probably, I'd probably do three stars on this one. It, it does the gore very well. There's just not much much story to it uh there's another one frontiers that uh andrew martin reminded me of that i should probably rewatch, and maybe we'll talk about that next week um but that there's there's stuff like martyrs uh even high tension even though the ending is just terrible like that this one's just straight uh meat and potatoes um you know horror movie but it's decent so check it out if you like that sort of thing three stars okay that is Inside. Three stars from Eric Holmes. It's currently streaming on Shutter. Finally, Bruce, your rating on Inside. I actually give it four and a half. I really, I really was surprised and dug it uh, as a thrill ride. And once again, I don't think it's deep or anything, but it just had the tone right for me. Uh, I guess it, I guess maybe it kind of surprised me. Maybe this is one of the opposites. It'll go down maybe as I rewatch it. I'll be like, oh yeah, it's not that good. But it hit me at the right moment in the right mood, and I was like, damn, that was a bloody good mess of a time and i really had a good time watching it Ooh, okay you know yes. what this, this is like one of those dare movies like when when someone comes over and you're like oh, yeah. hey check this out like like you would i mean you know it, it, let's say you don't have solo or uh serbian film handy this could be oh i got inside though here i'll put this on for my friend and see if i can make him throw up Okay, so that is inside. You're, you're, I don't want to throw up. I don't know. <laughs> you know what? I might I might get nauseous just because uh, Eric gave it three, which is a, a mild recommend, but Bruce loved it. Four and a half. I don't know. Maybe inside might be something I might want to check, even though it's a French. There are movie giallo movie. touches to this. There are oh, giallo touches. Interesting. Would you agree, okay. Eric? Would you agree? Yes. And I believe uh, Brian De Palma directed it. So right away, Greg needs to okay. see it like 
today. Okay. okay. All right. Oh, I didn't know that BDP directed it. I'll, I'm going to go with that line and I'll raise you. I'll see that movie very, very soon. Okay. Finally, you know what? Look, Eric and, and Bruce, they carry the water on recommendations for the last two years. Or we've, been, we've been doing this podcast for the last two years, it seems, and they all carry the recommendations. Why not? I'm going to have a recommendation this week. The movie is called The Exorcism of God. On my Google Doc, I put three stars. I just bumped it up to three and a half stars. I pulled in Eric Holmes because as I'm thinking about this movie, I'm actually liking it a bit more. And my mea culpa to Eric Holmes and Bruce Perky is I should have rec- I should have actually had these movies. <laughs> no, Bruce, don't. Three point. Actually, Bruce changed it on Google Docs. It's not a three or 3.5. He changed my new rating to 3.69 for The Exorcism <laughs> of God. Very, very good, Bruce Perky. Okay, so The Exorcism of God in theaters, on digital, and on demand Friday, March 11th. It centers on this priest played by Will Be- Beanbrick or Ben Brick or Ben Brick. Yeah, interesting. It's set in Mexico and he... He's helping the kids. He, he's a teacher to the kids. He is a priest. He's a father. He runs a church, the local, local community. Problem is, a bunch of these kids are are dying they're, or they're being possessed by a demon. And he's wondering what's going on. And he has, it's the exorcism of God. So I don't want to give too much away of the exorcism of God. There are some exorcism moments in this. This priest, this father, he is actually haunted by something that happened 17, 18 years ago when he was actually trying to exorcise the demons, the devil out of this this young woman. And he ends up actually, well, he, he doesn't exorcise her. He's, he sees her scantily clad and he the devil starts to tempt him. And then who knows, the priest and the actual woman who's being possessed, they have a Quite a moment, yes. Eric Holmes, thank you for the visual. Okay, thank you for the visual, and thank you, Bruce, for the three point six nine. All my friends hate me. All my friends are gaslighting <laughs> me with these with my review of of the Exorcism of God. Anyways, I I really want to get you guys a screening link because you, Eric Holmes and Bruce Perky, you got, you are more well versed in the horror genre than me. I really enjoyed the Exorcism of God. Because it went, we were talking about the insanity and the craziness of ultrasound. This movie just really goes overboard when it when it gets to when it gets to violent sequences with the exorcism and there's demons and there's kids in danger and there's uh, it gets a little bit sexy at times. It gets a little bit demonic at times and there's blood. There's not probably not as blood, as much blood as inside, but it's a very interesting movie and it's fun and it has some interesting t- things to say about religion and sacrifice as well. I never thought. I'd say this about a movie that seems like a cheap horror film, and you can actually enjoy it on a very superficial level, but I actually liked a little bit of what it had to say about our religion and and our faith. The Exorcism of God, for me, gets 3.5, or as Bruce Perky would say, gets a little bit of an upscale with a 3.69 rating for me. I don't know if I should actually get maybe Bruce and Eric. Oh, oh, oh actually, Bruce really increased, not 3.69, because it's not Greg Trzvosti, the sociopath who loved all my friends hate me. He's not having a sexy time anymore. He is having a 3.666 time with the exorcism of God, aka 666. Thank you, Bruce Perky, for the hashtag number of the beast moment. Very, very good. I will go home tonight. I will go in my bed tonight, and I will scream bloody murder. And, you know, who knows? Maybe Bruce Perky takes over the podcast next week. Thank you for that rating. Eric and Bruce, are you guys, do you guys want a screening link of the exorcism of God? Do you, well, do you want to first of all, I wish we could have done the 0.69 because that would have changed my score from ultrasound and all my friends hate me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that actually, that was one of them I, I flagged when we were doing my cinematics phone. and, and I, I well, was something else, obviously, but I'm glad you saw that. And yeah, if we can get screening links, I'd, I'd be down to check it out. Okay, Bruce, what about you? Are you okay? Are you open to the exorcism of God? Are you open to that? I'm always open to that. Yes. <laughs> oh boy, that was a little bit of a demonic glee there. So they're gonna, yes, they're gonna get some screening links, and they will do a rewind. We haven't done rewinds for a while. We're gonna we're gonna rewind that for next week with Eric Holmes and Bruce Perky's review of the Exorcism of God, and we're also going to rewind a movie that came out this week. Actually, I don't even know if Eric Holmes can even review it or just preface it, but all three of us will probably watch the movie Off Season, which comes out this week, and we'll do a rewind next week. Eric, you watched maybe 10, 15 minutes. Can you get a little bit of a handle? Oh, no. Uh, I, I saw the whole thing. Oh, you saw the whole thing? Yeah. Okay. Uh, 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 I, I'm playing uh, Bruce this week. Are you playing? <laughs> oh, yeah. What, what are you, yeah. What are you doing, Bruce? Um, Eric Holmes? Yes, sir. 
anything else you want to say about uh, about off season before we we cover it next um, week? I'm looking forward to talking about it, and I think my favorite part about it is even when we do the review. It's not something I can talk about. So I look forward to a spoiler discussion about offseason. Oh, he's looking forward. So actually, Eric Holmes actually tipped his hand regarding offseason, which actually, interestingly enough, Bruce Perky mentioned it on our Cinematics episode as a movie he wanted to see, wanted to preview this movie offseason. Eric Holmes ended up watching it. We got the screening link very kind of midnight hour and good good job on Eric Holmes for watching it. Eric Holmes did tip his hand because he said he wants us to do a spoiler kind of situation with off season, which we will next week, meaning he actually gives a rats you know what about this movie, meaning this movie might be good. He might I mean, even we could be do getting a, a, what? We could do a spoiler of uh, Bad Luck Banging or Looney Porn as well. Bad Luck Banging or Looney Porn. How dare you mention that wonderful, <laughs> beautiful Romanian film that Bruce Perky said was his favorite film of 2021. Very, very low blow from you, Eric Holmes. Not that wasn't Bruce Perky's favorite movie. One of his favorite movies. That's one of my favorite movies. So, Bruce, I was just joking with you regarding that. But before that, we're, before we end the show, we're going to end off the show with a little bit of a kiss, a vampire's kiss. Bruce Perky, what you got for us? Uh, that's not how we go into this segment. No, I'm, I'm I'm ignoring you because I'm ignoring Pete Abeda because Pete is Pete is actually cheating on on you you know on 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 me and Eric with you with with all these uh, videos you guys are doing you're doing martyrs you're covering French extremities I don't know what kind of extremities you're going to be covering next week with Pete Abeda because <laughs> you know what he does every single week that I get really tired of Pete Pete can you stop dropping that beat Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? You lie! No! What's in the fucking box? All right, guys, we're back. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. What you got for us? Now, now we can finally do it. Vampire's Kiss, 1988, directed by Robert Bierman, starring, well, we all know who the star is, right? Nick Cage. In, in the I've heard about this movie forever. <laughs> yeah, heard about this movie forever. I remember even at the time it came out, there was a big thing about how he ate an actual cockroach, and that was all in the press, and how his this unhinged performance by uh, Nick Cage. Also in this movie is uh, Maria Conchita Alonso playing Alva, his long-suffering assistant. And uh, he's kind of this, uh, some guy on Wall Street, uh, I don't know what is he on Wall Street, I've already forgotten, a publishing executive, that's what he was, he's publishing executive on Wall Street. And then also, Jennifer Beals uh, plays this kind of uh, possibly supernatural character in his life that maybe is a vampire, that maybe bit him and turned him into a vampire, Mm, we're not sure. Anyway, so that, (laughs) the basic concept is this, he is this odd, young up-and-coming Wall Street type in the 80s. So you can kind of picture what he's like. He's like, is it, what is it, the name of the guy from uh, American Psycho? Oh. American Psycho. Oh, Uh, Patrick Bateman. uh, Yeah. 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 This is the thing that surprised me about this movie. I thought this movie was just kind of this goofy, comedic, dramedy, vampire-y thing. Not inaccurate. Yeah, not inaccurate. But I was very, very surprised to find out that it was this, almost this parody version of American Psycho. Uh, I went and read the some of the uh, little details and trivia about it. And I wasn't surprised after the fact to find out, oh my God, Pat, when they made American Psycho, they kind of based... The way that uh, he did that, um, he did that character on the way that um, Nick Cage did it in this movie. So actually, this influenced the movie version of American Psycho. So that was kind of amazing. This plot of this movie is kind of everything about this movie is crazy. The tone that Nick Cage takes is undescribable, indescribable. And once Are, again, I'll let this it. sounds like it's a good movie. You're liking all of the crazy stuff that's going on, or is it just not worth this? It? No, it is worth it, I think. I think this is a movie that at first seems like it's so bad, it's good kind of a movie. And then to me, it actually turns the corner and isn't so bad, it's good. It's actually kind of genius and genuinely good. I, I really liked it. The basic concept to also to understand in this movie is there's not much of a plot in the sense that essentially it's him kind of going off the rails. And there's this extended subplot of him forcing his assistant to find a file. And it's supposed to be this file that's lost in this giant pile of files and even though the person who supposedly needs this file calls him and literally says ah you know no hurry i know it's gonna be out take a while to find that file he makes it his mission to make her find this file and that's a huge chunk of the movie and then the other chunk of the movie is him thinking he is becoming a vampire and the ways that that manifests and by the end of this movie it's it's quite something and amazing uh the way he commits to the crazy 
character choices eventually works. It's like that joke that starts out so dumb and repetitive that it's annoying, and then eventually it becomes funny. It, it's that in a movie. For me, do that. that. Well, do you think it's underrated then? Because the the whole story, the the reputation precedes the actual quality of the movie regarding Nick Cage and how he was kind of playing method for this movie. So that actually became the story as opposed to the movie itself, and that's why over the years I've decided, or maybe that's maybe why you haven't seen Vampire's Kiss because we all knew yeah. the big stories about it before the actual movie. So do you think it's it's unfair the way the movie has been treated over the years? I do actually. I think this ages. For me, it actually ages really well. Uh, I took it as this just as a movie. It's a terrible movie with this unhinged performance. And the only reason to watch it is for Nick Cage's performance. But I actually think it's kind of this interesting, weird parable about Wall Street and this kind of crazy, vacuous life that these Wall Street people have and doing it in a really fun and over-the-top way. And it's actually sort of dark by the end, too. It's genuinely dark by the end, I think. Okay, cool. Eric, your thought? It, yeah, it seems Bruce really enjoyed it. Did you? Do you love Vampire's Kiss? Were you able to see it recently? Oh, yeah. Or when's yeah. the last time? Have you seen it a couple oh, times? Yeah, or? I rewatched re- uh, hmm. it. Yeah, it, it's really good. I like that Nicolas Cage does. Uh, he feels like he's doing an impression of someone doing an impression of Nick Cage, which is, which is I, I don't know what that accent he's doing. But one of the things I picked up on, and I don't know if this was you know intentional or not, but I don't think he worked at that place, that Wall Street place. Oh, because he's always having her check for this thing. the 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 office he's in is kind of kind of small, certainly small for someone that's supposed to be a big shot like him. Uh, when he goes to buy the vampire teeth, he's got to get the cheapies because uh, he's got like three bucks on him. Not much money for someone that's supposed to be a big Wall Street big shot. And she's looking for a file that doesn't it, that she can't find, probably because it doesn't exist, probably because he made it up. And so there, there's a there's a lot to it, like whether or not he's actually a vampire. I'm wondering if he was actually he was probably just some crazy guy that that somehow made his way into that uh, building and uh, played the part. Okay, and that would it. that would make sense actually a lot. No, I'm I, I'm sorry, that would make right. sense because yeah, I I think that this movie is actually deeper than it than it comes across in first impression. Also, as far as trivia goes, and then I'll, I'll I'll stop talking. But there was some interesting things I read, and I don't know if you've read this. Probably have Eric. Towards the end, there's some scenes where he's doing some really crazy stuff on the streets, and it's kind of like uh, Midnight Cowboy, right? Where they just shot with a really long lens from far away. And all the stuff he's doing to passerbys, he's really doing to passerbys, and they're actually reacting to what he's doing, which yeah. is absolutely crazy. First of all, they let him do it, and second, that <laughs> he got the reactions he got because of what he was doing. And there's a few things like that in this movie where I'm thinking, like, I don't think the people around him knew what he was doing. <laughs> so- Real quick to that point, because there's that there's that one scene where he goes in front of a car and the car stops. Yeah, he just puts his hand on the car and then just keeps going. Yep. I thought maybe that could be the case because that seemed like any other Nicolas Cage movie, like the, the, the way as intense as he was in that part. It's like, oh, he's going to, uh, he was holding that, he was holding that, uh, that steak, Stick. Or that, yep. that piece of wood. Any other Nick, like if that car was, you know, a stunt car, he smashes that on the hood of the car, right? But he didn't. Right. He walked by because he knew that if he did that, it's like, oh, this is not going to turn out well because the yep. person's going to get out of the car and kick my ass. Oh, interesting stuff. Uh, interesting behind the scenes stuff between fiction and reality behind Vamp- Vampire's Kiss. Bruce, you saw, you rented this movie, right? Yes. Yeah, it's kind of okay. hard to find. It's kind of hard to find. I couldn't get it on Amazon and stuff. I had to get it off iTunes. It's only a couple places. So physical media. Physical, physical media. media. I purchased it at my local Dollar Tree store for $1.25. And I, I was going to actually give it away to our Cinematics Facebook group, by the way. But F you members, I'm keeping it. I'm keeping Vampire's Kiss because Bruce Berkey <laughs> and Eric Holmes really love the movie. <laughs> Eric Holmes, do you have a physical media copy of Vampire's Kiss, or is it part of your digital collection, or did you just no, watch it on YouTube? Or, I, get, I can't remember. No, I, I rented it, but okay. I'm, I'm trying to think of where I even saw it the first time. Probably in I, the theater? I no, no. No, definitely okay. not the theater. Well, maybe on television. It was on one of a, like maybe it was on HBO maybe years ago. Someone time. just played it for me or something. It's like, check mm-hmm. this out. Um, might have been one of those things. I I don't remember now. No, yeah, I had Bruce. I had the chance to actually. I interviewed. I've interviewed Jennifer Beals a couple of times over the years, and maybe I 
probably you're, the way you're making Vampire's Kiss sound, I probably would have loved it too. And that's probably one of the, I would have probably asked her a Vampire's Kiss question too. So she probably things. have good story to tell you. Cause I mean, working with Nick Cage had to be interesting in that era. And she has a distinction from this because I think she's one of the only actors, actors ever to do the two iconic roles back to back because she played a vampire in one movie and the other movie she played, uh, was it The Bride of Frankenstein? Yeah, the, like, in the movie The back. Bride. Yeah, The Bride, right? Yeah. I forgot. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So back to back, she played these two iconic characters that are kind of these giant characters. You know, weird. She did it. I have not thought of The Bride in almost 40 years. Oh, 35 years or so. Didn't Wasn't Sting in The Bride? I, I do think. believe you're correct. Oh that. my goodness. I, I'm guessing right now on The Bride. I think it was Sting and Jennifer Beals. Again, I, I, I had the opportunity to ask all these questions to Jennifer Beals and look look at me. Horrible interview. I, I should have asked some Vampire's Kiss or The Bride questions back in the day. We are wrapping up our show. Remember, you can actually continue to listen to us or actually, if, you, if, you're, if you're... Oh, I keep on forgetting... Bruce Perky's What's in the Box, What's in the Bleeping Box. It's not a bit, folks. I forget every yes, folks. And then probably... What's in the box, Bruce? And then next week, it'll be, I think, Eric's turn to to get us a... What what movie are you going to pick? Yeah, what movie? Well, next week, not this week, but the next week when we do our show, you're going to get to figure. Tell us what your uh, Dean Koontz wallet watch is. Yeah, tell us next week. Empire's Kiss again. Fuck it. This (laughs) movie is. Oh, one of them I may need to watch forever. Mark Crimmins yes, suggested Mark. Babette's Feast, 1987. Babette's, ooh, Babette's Feast. I think that might be Mark Crimmins's favorite film or maybe Matt Stillman's so. favorite film. One of their favorite films. Let, we've got to look it up. Again, this is our, our buddies, uh, friends from C- our Cinematics Facebook group. We I give away DVDs and Blu-rays. But most importantly, there's cinephiles who are... Just even that, we actually look at these fellow members as for for movie recommendations. People like Jack Fitzpatrick, Matt Stillman, the aforementioned Matt Stillman, uh, Mark Crimmins, uh, you know, Joseph Bridges, all these wonderful people, Angie Clark, Chad Wolfong, all these people give uh, Andrew Martin. They give some t- such great movie recommendations. If you need your daily fix of what movies to watch, Nathan Day. What is what is Nathan Day? He's an author, right? Eric Holmes, you've plugged Nathan Day's stuff here before. Whenever we when are we going to review Red Notice again? Are we talking what? about uh, Nathan Day, the uh, best-selling author on Amazon's Orphan Surfacing? Yes, Orphan, yes, yes. Very, very good, <laughs> Eric Holmes. Wonderful people on our Cinemax. Facebook. I have the book sitting right here, just in case either he comes up or Red Notice comes up. <laughs> <laughs> very good, Eric Holmes. So yeah, again, if you want our, a daily Daily movie fix of what movies to watch give give us a holler join our cinematics facebook group we're really small but really interesting community of just really huge cinephiles and again uh, as we're before we leave check us out if you actually watch gold in theaters or if you've seen it or you want to hear some spoiler talk on the zach efron film check us out on our cinematics and find your film youtube channel i will have a link below but before we go eric holmes final thoughts yes, yes. there's a thing with bailey Ritzel, and that should be out pretty soon and hopefully we'll have her on the show soon to talk about what the thing is because it's Mm. pretty cool it's pretty cool yes eric holmes i think he was mentioning something called i think nft i don't even know what nft is eric holmes for months has been sort of just uh, yapping and yapping about these things called nfts and crypto so a little bit too much for me but we'll see what eric holmes has to say about it next week with his friend bailey bruce doesn't eric Talk a little bit too much about crypto and being being a crypto addict and throwing money on what is Bitcoin? Is that Bitcoin or what is it called, Bruce? Yeah, I I he starts talking about it. And I just zone out. I don't even I haven't even heard what he's saying. It's digital what? So what what yeah. is a digital? No, Again, you guys in your mainstream Bitcoin. I go with <laughs> I go with the e coin, Greg. Oh, e coin or the flurbin coin? Flurbin coin. Okay, maybe you've heard of it. Probably no, not. I mainstream assholes always ruin <laughs> cryptocurrency for the for us true believers. True believers. Okay. 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 That, that's enough for crypto talk, Eric Holmes. I don't know what's going on. I'm gaslighting here. Anyways, before we go, kidding, Eric Holmes, before we go, I am the crypto addict. Anyways, before we go, Bruce Perky, final thoughts from you, sir. Uh, two things. First of all, I think that Eric might be a cripster. That's a crypto hipster. Um, <laughs> That was good. But I'm going to I'm going to leave us with a Kurt Cobain quote which is very fitting for this fight week we just had and that is it's okay to eat bats because they don't have any feelings. <laughs> good. And with that I can't wait to see Vampire's Kiss. We will see you guys next week here on Find Your Film. Take care everyone. Bruce loves Batman. <laughs> <laughs>